Hello everyone. Welcome to the CVR Endovascular Podcast. My name is Jim Rickers, and I am also your host for this podcast. CVR Endovascular is the Circe Open Access Journal for vascular and endovascular publications. We opened for submissions in September 2017 and published the first papers in 2018. It is a fully independent peer-reviewed journal and published by Springer Nature. All papers published in our journal are free to access and to download. Papers in the journal are indexed in PubMed and in Scopus and have a very high number of downloads. I hope you enjoy this episode. Radiation and radiation protection is part of our daily work as interventional radiologists. In the last decade, we have made huge steps to protect IRs. X-ray machines now need less radiation to still produce good quality fluoroscopy. And personal protection is also well established. On the other hand, many of the new procedures are more time consuming and for some the radiation exposure is increasing, especially with obese patients. Interventional radiologists have learned to compromise to be able to continue to do procedures. Although there is no hard evidence for radiation risk of interventional radiologists, there are some papers that arise concerns. There is always a small voice in the back of my head that says, is my protection good enough? Or could I have done more? This is what I call the fear for radiation. One of the things I started to do already a long time ago is to wear lead glasses after it became clear that even low doses of radiation could induce cataract. And since a few years, I also wear a special lead cap. For the latter, there is no scientific proof that it will prevent brain damage, but I would like to use every opportunity as long as it is, does not hinder my work to minimize the risk of losing my cognitive functions. Better safe than sorry. Radiation protection is often protection against the fear of radiation damage, sometimes not very scientific, but understandable. Is there something like too much protection? In this podcast, we speak with several experts in the field to listen to their personal story, how they deal with this fear for radiation. In this podcast, we have a long talk with Professor Stefan Rode from Dartmouth, who is doing very interesting research in the field of brain protection. This is a topic that is not at the front of our head when we talk about radiation protection. But like with all new things, they always start small. We have also a talk about fear for radiation and brain protection with Professor Werner Jeske, Chairman of the Cersei Radiation Protection Subcommittee, and with Dr. Colin Martin, Head of Health Physics in Glasgow. Professor Rode, welcome to the CVR Endovascular Podcast. I have a first question to you, and that is how much do we know about radiation damage in radiological workers? because there are no direct data which which relates cancer to occupational radiation, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, that's a difficult uh, uh, question, because I think there is, uh, there is this um, uh, research about uh, brain cancer in um, 
interventional uh, radiologists and cardiologists that's um, already a little bit um, older from 2013 and I think there it comes uh, from there it comes that there is so much concern about um, brain tumors resulting from um, a higher radiation or high radiation I think um, th these uh, this work or these data does not really prove that uh, um, physicians that are performing interventions are really at a higher risk but it is suggestive that there might be some link to uh, interventional radiology or interventional cardiology and these brain tumors and so i think it's something that uh, that people fear and uh, if they know about it they try to to perhaps to um, avoid uh, uh, these interventions or try to avoid or to protect themselves but i agree completely with you that on the other hand we have many colleagues that um, behave they, like they don't believe in any harm from <laughs> from radiation and uh, feel like they are uh, so healthy that they, they never will have any um, uh, problems with radiation um, uh, risks. And I think that the, the truth is some, somewhere in between. I think um, today we are much more aware of the risks of radiation and we know that uh, we have to protect our lens and we know there might be uh, uh, statistical risk for um, uh, head and neck uh, tumors, um, even if it's not yet proven. So I think we should do the best to protect ourselves and our stuff um, uh, from radiation. And uh, that is in the end also to protect our, our patients if we work carefully and we try to, to reduce uh, the dosage and to try to, to protect our, ourselves. Is there a safety threshold? Is there anything we can say, well, below this, we were absolutely 100% safe? That's difficult, but I think um, uh, we know that there is not uh, such a threshold. We know that this is um, a deterministic uh, influence of radiation. So even if at lower levels, there might be um, and there might be some harm and there might be some statistical risk, even if it's not measurable at the moment. So when I when I um, have a vision of a perfect world and we are working in a perfect world, uh, we should uh, achieve the exposure to be zero. This is not possible, but we should use all options, technical and personal, uh, for, for protection. And um, on the other hand, we keep, have to keep in mind that the proportionality of, of our means have to be uh, reasonable. So radio protection should not influence the accuracy or the safety of the procedure. So for in example, if I'm going to perform a very difficult neuro intervention, my first aim is the safety of the patient. Uh, and I will not wear any clumsy lead gloves, for, for instance, uh, even if I could optimize my personal radiation protection. On the other hand, it's, it's no problem to wear lead glasses and perhaps even head and brain protection in, in um, short-term interventions, even if I know that the dosage is not, such, not, not so high, unless these materials do not hamper my work. So I think it's, it's uh, a little bit like the Alara principle, only in terms of radiation. We should maximize our, our protection uh, to the highest level that is reasonable, achievable, um, and does not hamper our work. In, so, in the so what I understand from your answer, that you think, there, and I also think this, by the way, there is not, not such a thing as too much protection. 
as long as it doesn't uh, uh, hinder or it blocks what you're doing. But but actually, you you could probably protect yourself as much as possible. Uh, and, and if the balance is okay between work and, and, and protection, you should go for the maximum. You think Ex so? Exactly. I think we, I should, we should optimize our personal protection and protection of the patient. Um, always looking on the, on the um, feasibility of uh, what we are doing. In the end, uh, we are performing um, medical interventions to improve the uh, health of the patient, and we should not hamper our, our work by, by overprotection. But uh, in the end, we have to think about, uh, about uh, the to maximize the protection. I agree co totally with, with you. Another interesting thing you mentioned, and uh, I know you're uh, doing research in this field that I think is very interesting, is the head protection. And uh, when I was taught about uh, radiation protection, uh, protecting the head was never an issue. I never, uh, it was never discussed and so on. But you just mentioned there is a, a paper, a little bit older paper out talking about brain tumors and how important is the head to protect and uh, are we are we already forgetting this, or should we put more emphasis on this? Yeah, we were performing this study because we were interested to to measure um, what uh, arrives in in an unprotected brain or an unprotected head, and so we designed this the study where we tried to, uh, to measure with um, uh, TLD detectors on the surface of the head protect protection and below the head protection. So we have the, the, the effect of these uh, protection devices. And we were quite uh, astonished about the uh, dosage that still arrives at the outer side of the head protection. So if we did not use a head protection, we would have had these dosages at, at our brain or at our head. And although we used um, um, lychee, um, a lead shield and we used normal protection, these um, values, these data that we um, uh, found um, were um, surprisingly high. Uh, they were not so high that we were um, uh, worried that we could uh, perhaps uh, develop some, some uh, malignancies in short time, but there, there were some dosage measurable at the brain. So in the end, I think it, it, um, we, we should think about it. There is some still some dosage arriving at the head, and I agree with you totally. For 20 years, I'm doing newer interventions, and it's only in the last, I don't know, uh, five to 10 years that we are thinking more and more about the, the idea to pre protect the head. And I think this is because we always think of the the primary source of radiation and these uh, this is the tube and we we are afraid to put our hands to to uh, too low or too far uh, to to nearby to the um to the source of the radiation but we have to keep in mind that scattered radiation is still in the room and that it will arrive also to our lens to our brain to our head and it's difficult to protect ourselves uh, at the at the brain because and the scattered radiation is not coming from a higher level, but it's coming more, more or less from below. 
So uh, we have to think about um, um, means to protect us from the scattered radiation that is coming from uh, beneath or under beneath uh, the table. And uh, I think this is um, this is difficult, and uh, we we should keep it in mind that it arrives at, in in the end it arrives at the head at in, at the unprotected head. Um, of course, one of the things you talked about is head and then brain tumors. The other thing, uh, and I, there are no data about this, but just in a philosophical way, you could also imagine that you could have cognitive dysfunction in the long time uh, because you have a permanent exposure to the brain. And there are no data about this, but uh, how much afraid of that long-term damage regarding your memory and so on might be possible? Well, very difficult question. Um... I think it's difficult to measure this because um, we are talking about very long lasting effects. If they happen anyhow, we don't know if they happen, but if there is an effect on something like, um, um, well, brain function, it, it might be very, very long lasting effect. And uh, so it's, it might be very difficult to, to uh, discriminate this from aging from uh, other types of uh, dimensional processes. But uh, you're right, there might be something in between. It's not only malignancy or no malignancy, but there might be something like um, uh, very uh, diffuse and not easy to measure a brain effect or brain damage, even if you want to. So, so, so I think we should keep this in mind. There might be some harm, even if it's not in the end, a malignancy, but there might be some other harm. And yeah, you're absolutely right. There might be something that uh, affects the function of our brain. And this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, perhaps even even um, more um, dangerous for us. I have started to wear this head cap about five years ago. And I, when I started wearing it, everybody around me looked at me if I was a little bit crazy and laughing, but I must tell you personally, I felt very comfortable and very happy with that because it, it doesn't give you any problems in working. And it just gives me some sort of a reassurance. Uh, and although there are no scientific data for that, uh, on a personal level, it just feels good to protect your brain. And you, I know you wear the same thing also. Does it also give you on a personal level uh, a good feeling to wear it? Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. In the in the very beginning, I felt a little bit uh, uh, like like a clown uh, because uh, everybody looked at me and said, "Oh, what, what are you wearing there? Do you think it, it it's uh, meaningful?" And for myself, um, after a couple of minutes uh, after wearing it, I did not even think about it. Uh, that I was wearing this this cap or that I was wearing a neck protection that was a little bit larger than the normal thyroid protection. Um, but um, after these procedures, especially after longer procedures, and when I was taking off the, the, the head protection, I was saying, oh, yeah, that I, I had this uh, head protection. Thanks uh, that I, I was thinking about this because this was a very long-lasting intervention, your intervention perhaps for two hours I was standing there. And... Yeah, I feel better and I feel uh, safer for myself. And uh, yes, absolutely, I, I agree with you. And uh, it's it's um, unless it does not hinder my work or I feel some some uh, 
headache afterwards or feels something heavy on my my head uh, why shouldn't we use this uh, it's it's just to to protect ourselves better and um, these materials today are um not so heavy as in the beginning so it's it's easy to 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 uh, to wear these and it's uh, only a you have only to um uh, how to say this uh, yeah to 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 uh, to get used to it uh, um and uh, in the in the end it's uh, where we have to to uh, to to um educate our stuff that it's not something uh, that looks only ridiculous, but that it might help us in in the in the long way of thinking. I fully agree. I, I have the same thing, and um, I have one last question, and that is uh, about radiation protection, especially when you talked about the head protection. And I had the same feeling. People looked at me if I was a little bit crazy, and why are you doing that? And I could not convince anybody of my group to also start start doing this. Uh, and that brings me to my last question is um, this radiation protection. Do you think it's a, it's a personal thing or do you think it's a group responsibility? And that means that uh, we should always uh, talk to our colleagues and say, why are you not wearing this? Why are you not doing this? Or do you think that uh, you only look for yourself? How is your feeling about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as radiologists, we have we have to uh, inform our colleagues, and we have to, um, yeah, we have to keep them on the on the highest level of uh, possible radiation protection. And yes, of course, there are colleagues that think, oh, I don't want to hear the, uh, wear this uh, this cap, or I, I, I don't need this. And I think it it needs information about uh, uh, the potential risks of um, scattered radiation and. We have to convince them um, by doing or by behave by our own behavior. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you very much, Stefan, for your great answers. Our second guest is Professor Werner Jaske, who is currently the chairman of the Cersei Radiation Protection Subcommittee. Welcome, Werner. It's great that you could find some time in your busy schedule to talk to us. I want to start with the first question. Is there something like too much protection? Well, if we talk about too much, we first have to define what should be standard of practice. Uh, I think wearing an apron and a thyroid shield is common sense. Everybody should do it. And if you wear an apron, it should not uh, be like a mini skirt, but it should end below the knee. So I think uh, every... Um, apron and every syringe uh, shield should fit the operator uh, who is wearing the apron. It should be customized to the size of the and height of the uh, operator. And uh, of course, uh, aprons and syringe shields should be checked uh, that they uh, do their job and uh, they don't have any leaks. Now, if we go beyond that, I would uh, strongly recommend to wear um, lead class uh, protective eyewear. If you do a lot of interventions in the body and uh, very long interventions in the head and neck regions, I think it makes sense. 
even if you have a, a lead class uh, suspended from the ceiling, I think it still makes sense uh, to uh, to wear the protective eyewear. Now, if you wear the protective eyewear, it should look like um, the glasses which the skiers uh, wear. You know, it should wrap around your face so that it gives you protection because it's it's known uh, that the scattered radiation comes from uh, the lower left side, usually to the operator's eye. And if it, if it gets behind the glasses, you get back scatter and you may increase the dose. I have one last question. That's because there is some emphasis now. Uh, also, uh, uh, Thomas Rode wrote about this, this, this is brain protection. And uh, of course, uh, there is not a real, real threat for brain tumors. At least we don't see them. And there is, as you said, any tumor is, is 0.001% uh, probably, and you won't detect that. But there, there is something which, if you think about this a little bit, uh, and I don't, I don't know if it's happening or not happening. But if you lose uh, a, a, a during time your cognitive functionality, you don't, you're not afraid that in, in, in due time we will be confronted with something like radiation dementia or or so on to protect your head. What's your opinion on that? Well, uh, the problem is with most of these studies, we don't have dose data. Uh, they are retrospective observational studies saying, you know, there is a slight um, over-representation of left-sided tumors in interventional cardiologists. But there is no dose data. We don't know which uh, people or yeah, who developed uh, brain cancer and how much uh, radiation exposure, lifetime exposure he had. So there's a real problem. And uh, the data from the interventional cardiologist, I think, um, is con should, uh, we have to deal with this data. But I think at this point, there is no clear evidence that there is a real increased risk if you um, observe all the radiation protection measures you should use. In interventional cardiologists, uh, lead class suspended from the ceilings are rarely used. They usually use angled view and they stay inside the room while they take their angiorangs. So it's a completely different situation. So I, as an re interventional radiologist who is trained in radiation protection, I feel safe. I don't consider myself to be at risk for developing a left-sided tumor. And if I develop one, I think it's bad luck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I should not blame radiation, I think. But uh, obviously, um, you know, I had um, a friend in cardiology uh, and he died of a, a cancer of unknown primary, which was clearly uh, related to high radiation exposure because he didn't use for a long time radiation protection measures. Okay, uh, Werner, thank you very much for answering these questions. We will now continue with our next guest, Dr. Colin Martin, who is the head of health physics in Glasgow. Welcome, Colin. It's a great to have you as a physicist and an expert in the field of radiation in our podcast. My first question is, do you think there's a safety threshold below we are completely safe? 
<laughs> we can't say. That's the problem. We we don't know. And f so our models assume that there isn't. Um, and the, certainly if there is a threshold, it's it's way below 10, uh, 10 millisieverts. And so I, I we, we, we just can't say whether there is a threshold or not. And we're not going to be able to do that. If that's true, then, against what are we actually protecting ourselves? Cancer isn't the only thing, of course. There's the uh, cataracts in the eyes. And we can definitely show that interventional radiologists have um, defects, opacities in the lens of their eyes, which are due to their practice. Both interventional radiologists, interventional cardiologists and the nurses that assist them. Yeah, OK. So. I agree with me that we are actually protecting ourselves against our fears for radiation, uh, or is this a little bit too too much? Well, we may be protecting our fears, but that's not. It's because from the evidence we have, um, we would presume that there is a risk of um, cancer at the sort of doses that interventional staff and uh, vascular surgeons are exposed to. As we uh, go lower and lower um, in the dose, the risk becomes smaller. Now, um, now those effects can occur with very low doses. So it seems fairly logical that even if you do have those uh, low doses and under certain circumstances an individual could develop cancer if they receive doses at that sort of level. Is there such a thing as too much protection? I think you've got to try and balance the, the, the different effects of the protection that you're introducing. Like glasses for instance, they um, they're, they're okay at protecting. I wouldn't say they're the best protection you can have for your eyes, but if they're uncomfortable, if they're too heavy, um, then maybe you should look at other ways of protecting your eyes. Let me take it one step further because there's recently quite a lot of uh, interest in hat protection. And uh, of course, as with all sort of protection, we don't have hard data says that you have to protect your brain from scatter radiation. But on the other hand, uh, would you take the risk? I mean, having a, 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 a lead protection for, for your brain might prevent in the future, not cancer maybe, but maybe cognitive damage. Uh, your, your memory will go down in, in 10 years times. I, I don't know, but it's actually the same as with uh, all, our, all our fear for radiation. We don't know exactly. We assume that we're doing the right thing, and I think we're doing the right thing. But concentrating now on this head protection, um, do you think brain protection was overlooked for all those years or do you think it's um, overrated? A lot of the stories that have, um, or publications maybe that have come out, they're rather anecdotal with smaller groups. Studies that have been done on larger groups of interventional clinicians, they haven't shown significant excesses of uh, brain ca cancer. And I think it is cancer that's the main issue. I think other effects on the brain would require rather larger doses of radiation. So I, I, um, I, I don't think um, we need worry about those. And 
So you're not afraid that in 20 years time from now, somebody is going to discover radiation dementia? Well, it's, it's based on lack of evidence and it's based on because I think for something like dementia, you'd have to have a lot of build-up of radiation damage within the brain. Yeah, this is your personal opinion, of course. Of course, uh, yes. Yeah, of course. Do you think that radiation protection is a group or a personal responsibility? Um, a lot of it is a personal responsibility. Thanks, Colin, for sharing your thoughts with us. This is the end of this podcast. I hope you have learned some new things about radiation protection. And I want to end by saying, stay safe.